0: hello and welcome to the business community with me Heather noble and me Tracy Jones and this week uh I don't know what what your week's been like Tracy but apart from it being blooming cold I was very excited because I tried out some transcription software oh which one uh called Otter AI and it do you know why I used it I had to do a um I had to write something and I I didn't know where to start. So I just spoke it, and then edited it into a body of words that that worked, and that worked, did it? Yeah, the recognition was fantastic, and I thought Heather just just talk about it. So it was an article for a magazine. So I just spoke the article and then edited it. Well, that's that was great brilliant. because
1: you, you can talk. I didn't mean that in a rude way, but you know, I mean, people who've heard this show before will know we can talk. If they've heard the chat splats they know it's difficult for us to stop talking. <laughs> but I've tried a transcription software before. I, I, I've been through a, a number of phases of trying to write uh, fiction or to, mm-hmm. to do creative writing, and I occasionally come across this block, and I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll speak it out loud. But as soon as I start doing that, all of the thoughts dry up. They completely go. Um, so and I might have to try it again. What we, did you say the software was you used? Author.ai. Okay. Free. You can have
0: 600 minutes a month or something, which is more than most people would ever need. Yeah, it's worth,
1: it's worth it. So I was quite pleased with that. Anyway, back to the back to today. <laughs> okay. So, on leadership, sorry, I suggested this one. I've got mm. to say, as I was researching, I was thinking, why did I do that? I, oh, no. I I, think oh, no. It's great. Did you enjoy it? Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I was first um, struck by an article on LinkedIn. It was by ILM. Now, that's what I forwarded to you, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, director of quality at ILM was having a discussion with uh, academics and business leaders. Looking at what we can learn from leadership styles that have developed during the pandemic. Yep. And did you watch the webinar? I did. Did you? I did. Mm-hmm. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have to admit, I stopped watching when they got to the questions, but that—that's okay.
1: Yeah. I—I just... I, I like the idea, but I—I I, don't—I don't know. I—I I just felt like. We didn't really need another term for leadership. It's just a different style of leadership for me. I suppose unleadership for me is just leadership by somebody who's not doing the very alpha male type leadership, which is potentially a little old-fashioned, but I, I saw I got their point, particularly is the way that um, in the way that leadership styles have been highlighted as being very different during the pandemic and some of very successful enterprises and changes that have taken place have actually um, embodied what they meant by Unleadership. Is that what you took from it or did you take a totally different thing from that webinar?
0: Well firstly, if you google Unleadership you end up with lots of people who've worked for the UN um, Yeah When I did the Googling for it, I I found a lot of reference to the church. And yes, yeah, and Jesus and and his followers, etc. But I actually think that that it is a thing and that it is different to leadership in that it's kind of accidental leadership. I thought quite quite a lot about how um, through COVID there was a transference of power almost from the big decision makers who were dithering. So the people who were on the ground and actually knew that decisions needed to be made quickly and they assumed these roles this, these decision making roles without a grand plan and without the need for followers as they as the, yeah. the, the phrase that they coined
1: and they d- they particularly don't see themselves as leaders or define themselves exactly. as leaders. Yeah.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. And so that's where I think it is it is very
0: different. Uh because it's it's actually about the the ordinary person, for want of a better word, taking responsibility and moving things forward and understanding and recognizing the impact of their
1: actions. Mm. I I thought it was I, I thought it was really interesting. Have you uh, come across a um, a leader, I was going to say a leader like that, have you come across an unleader like that yourself? What, during COVID? No, no, um, just in, in your career in general or in your life in general. I did work for a guy once who um,
0: did very much focus on empowering others to try things, to make mistakes. Some of the stuff we were talking about last week, actually, Um but was he an unleader? I don't know if he was, because I think he was quite attached. So his style would suggest that he was, but he was quite attached to the position of leader, of being in charge. And yeah, I don't
1: that, think that's an interesting um, point to make, isn't it? Because what what they pointed out in the webinar is that this unleader will hand over control to someone else Mm. if someone better comes along. So you cut, they're not attached to being in charge. Yeah. And the,
0: um, the, the, the main guy, uh, Nick Cutland who is um, from City and Guilds and he, he he was, I really liked him because he seemed to really know his stuff and uh, he talked about, the three different types of people they'd done some research, so they were innovators through COVID, so they were the people who recognized that, that things had changed. He used the example of um, McLaren making ventilators and his local coffee shop starting to sell groceries, so they were yeah. the and that's what you know more traditionally you would expect in a leadership role, but then there were the undecided they knew that something needed to be done but they were just going to hold on a little bit and see before making a decision and then the stickers who were thinking well we'll just wait for it all to go back to normal again (laughs) Uh, and I think that that you know again that does sort of define different approaches to the same
1: problem yeah the other thing that they pointed out is that um that the thinking has been quite different in in terms of um innovation you know because they've been thinking in a different way and been thinking without this grand plan and actually having to make a decision then it it's they, they mentioned entrepreneurial type spirits didn't they in, yeah. in the webinar yeah. and and allowing people to have the confidence to step forward because they're thinking differently and that they're prepared to make a decision and move forward. And they they used all sorts of um, phrases such as taking responsibility and not waiting for responsibility to be delegated, which sounds to me like how an agile leader should be.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And and you mentioned that, you know, these unleaders emerge as innovators. They tend to do it at the point where others are dithering so that yeah. they see that, you know, doing nothing is not an option. So if you were working with a sticker or an undecided, you could quite easily emerge as somebody who says, look, this is what we need to do. And this is an opportunity. So
1: let's do it. And and also that that links into the, the idea that they they act without having all the available information when not aiming to predict the future. I'm wondering if that there are so many similarities here to other things and other suggestions on how to lead and how to run a business that maybe it's it's all unleadership leadership is doing is is putting a, a ring around that particular set of skills and attributes that I've seen in other places maybe that's why it feels so familiar yeah it, a, a label that that brings together all of those different yeah. ways of thinking
0: yeah, yeah because yeah.
1: If, if you're acting with the best info available but not waiting for the perfect time you know that that's not seeking a state of per- perfection. that's the sort of the principle of good enough isn't it yeah. And, yeah and that allows you to move forward and And certain iterations of good enough will get you towards perfection but you never actually get there do you so yeah, all of these things seem really familiar. Maybe that's why I just thought, yeah, it's nothing new on leadership. I'm being a bit unfair, I guess.
0: I, well, maybe, but, but I know where you're coming from. But I think the other thing that that, that certainly emerged through the, the webinar was this idea of doing the right thing. Hmm. So, so because of the situation that we were in and the fact that, you know, it, it reminded us how small man is in the grand scheme of the, you know the planet – actually doing the right thing by people particularly those people who are less well off less well placed less resilient less robust is a big thing
1: yeah and there's a lot of um words such as compassion and generosity and um for the greater good again that don't you recognise that though you do a lot of work with charities and voluntary organisations and that sort of leadership has existed before covid don't you think it's just maybe it's a bit more widespread yeah. W- yes. The only thing I would add to that is
0: that if you are a charity, you usually are set up with a cause in mind and a yeah. You know, you've got a, your grand some, plan.
1: Yeah,
0: y- you've got your grand plan, and and it and it's kind of known. That's how you build the business. That's what you build the business on. Whereas I think some of this has been occurring in regular businesses where they've never really needed to, th- or oh, not never needed to think, but never thought. Of thinking in that way or acting in that way and I think that's where it gets where it's different is it's not just the do-good organizations these are just you know regular organizations changing the way that they operate I thought it was good
1: yeah I I, in, I like the whole concept of unleadership and I really need to get beyond the fact that I'm, um, I'm sticking at the the fact that it's a, just a reframing of some positive attributes that some leaders already have. There's a good blog by a gentleman called Dave Ursillo, and he does say that unleadership is simply an unconventional approach to reframing and harnessing positive attributes to become a leader, i.e., taking care of others, um, having a healthy business, giving love in your life, in your business, in your world. So, yeah, I, I think I just need to get over the facts, uh, the label, really. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, think of it as a thing rather than as a label. I'll,
0: can I just, before we finish on this, can I just mention, I'm not a big fan of Mike Tyson, but um, a, a quote by Mike Tyson is is used during this webinar. And I, and I just thought it kind of sums up. He, he said, everyone's got a plan until someone punches you in the face. And... Because he's a boxer, you know. So yeah, okay. But but it's true, isn't it? Yeah. We've all got a plan until something massive comes along, and then we have to kind oh, of respond.
1: I'm so sorry. My computer's punching us in the face at the moment with a little alerts. Can you hear that? What's it- I can't know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, if you can hear this on the podcast. Yes, my my computer is suddenly decided it needed to tell me some very important things. Then three well, one he, after the other.
0: <laughs> that suggests that
1: you're very popular everybody's trying to get in touch with you <laughs> no it was actually my computer telling me that i need to pay attention to something not not an email or a <laughs> message or anything my computer communicating with me <laughs> as they do
0: okay so that's on leadership i'm glad i'm glad you signposted me to the article i'll pop a link to um to the hot the ilm um webinar i'll pop a link on our our website which is
1: Okay, great. Now, Heather, I threw a bit of a curveball at you with this um, review, didn't I? You did, yeah. Another (laughs) curveball, yeah. (laughs) I I got the book. I bought the book, um, and it's called The Five A.M. Club by Robin Sharma. Um, Heather, did you buy the book, or did you just look around the book?
0: I didn't buy the book. I looked at I looked at Robin's website. Yeah. And I also looked at the 4 Minute Books review of 5am Club. So Um, I cheated.
1: Okay. Should I I buy the book? Well, I I found it a most peculiar experience. I was confused by it at times. I was inspired. I was occasionally turned off by it. Ultimately, I think I enjoyed it. Ultimately, I enjoyed it. But I was left with a feeling of, what was that? <laughs> what did I just read right. there? Not ordinarily. I love um a non-fiction work being written as fiction, so with a story, as we've mentioned love many you love times. A story. Yeah? Yeah. Pig the pig wrestling book, one of my favorite books. Yeah. Tells a story to get the messages across. And this is a very bizarre story. What did you find on Four Minute Books, actually? Because that, that's quite intriguing. What what did they focus on? Uh, well, they...
0: Um, let me just find the image that I had. Sorry. Oh, now my computer's doing weird things. They, as you would expect with Four Minute Books, they talk about um, who they would recommend it to and um, who it's aimed at, etc., cetera, and a, and a little summary he basically buys in not buys into, he talks a lot about the author who is one of the self-shaped gurus. Yeah. And um, and he, you know, he's very much, I mean, he's written quite a few books, um the monk who sold his Ferrari and things like that. So this guy is is very much working on this sort of elitist thing. So Four-minute books pick out the, the 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 lessons really, um and why you would want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning when everybody else is asleep, uh, and and the rationale behind that. And I have to admit, I really struggle to get up in the morning. I'd be much more likely to do some of this stuff at eleven o'clock at night. Yeah,
1: five in the morning. But if it's any consolation, I I was. Started the book because I'm very much morning person. So I started the book thinking, yeah, I'd like to get up at 5am. I've often thought how nice it is to get up before everybody else is awake. I know that might be an alien thought to you, Heather. But I wouldn't say the book is about getting up at five o'clock. It's a book about personal development in general. It's much bigger than just getting up at five o'clock. The getting up at five o'clock thing is part of it. But there's way more. There's loads of references and tools and personal development ideas, uh, philosophies in the book and, and lots of lovely little quotes, um, you know, little things that um, made me stop and think. Other things, like I said before, that totally turned me off and went, oh, no, but there was enough in it to keep me turning the page because I, I, I had engaged with quite a lot of what he was saying. But it wasn't all about getting up at five o'clock, although that obviously is, is part of it, given the title of the book. Of
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, again, the four minute book summary was was talking about the chemistry of the brain and, and what's going on when we wake up early uh, and then talks about mindset, health set, heart set and soul yeah. set. Yeah. And so our physical and mental health, all really important things, obviously. And that sort of spiritual element.
1: I think that's the thing. The mindset, the heart set and the soul set were really, really important. And they were all f- um fitted into this sort of hour plan from five till six. But you could fit them into any time of your day if you wanted to. So but, you can and, take yeah. a lot of the learning from the book and not okay. squeeze it into the hour between five and six a.m. OK, OK. Well, yeah,
0: that probably... um That probably would work better for me.
1: Was the book
0: written uh,
1: from the perspective of a female? So the the book was written, um, there was almost a a narrator, and there were two people, uh, a female executive and a male artist, that were at a talk by a famous guru, business guru, who wasn't named. He was, um, I think he was given the nickname, was it the Spellbinder? And while they were there, the Spellbinder appeared to collapse. It suggested he died. Um, I won't give you any spoilers. But then they um, met a homeless guy at that talk who then encouraged them to, to go with him. It turns out this guy's one of the richest men in the world. And then they go on this fabulous journey with him, discovering the secrets of the Spellbinder, whose talk they were at um, because he had already taught this homeless guy who isn't a homeless guy <laughs> okay. so they, they have this really bizarre journey and we learn a bit about the entrepreneur's background and problems we learn about the artist's background and problems we, we learn about the history of this um the, well they call him the homeless guy initially and and i I don't know. I was intrigued enough to let that drag me on, but equally, I was a bit confounded by it because there's certain points where they'd say that he was delivering his talk, and then he just disappeared. So it was made like it was almost unbelievable as well. There was a magical element to this this multimillionaire. Okay. Uh, you know, he'd he'd be talking to them, and then he just disappeared. It's like, okay, what what just went on there? What what have I just experienced? <laughs> But yes, lots of beautiful little things to take from it. And I've highlighted lots and lots of things. And they're just little tips, little things that really chimed with me. Uh, for example, um, the closer you get to your genius, the more you'll face the t- sabotage of your fears. Um, mm-hmm. Comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, gosh, that's quite powerful. Yeah, Mindset is all about your psychology heart sets about your emotionality health set relates to your physiology soul set refers to your spirituality so that sort of explains that mm, mm. Uh, but soul set is about rem- all about remembering who you truly are okay okay and um, yeah. yeah it just it really focuses on a few things. Um, let me have a look oh it talks about neuroplasticity as well, doesn't it so we've talked about that mm, in, yeah. in the show before. Um, one of the first things I highlighted on page 26 was, each of us thirsts for days filled with tiny bursts of the miraculous. I thought Ooh. it was lovely. I remember, mm-hmm. Oh, tiny bursts of the miraculous. Or most of us in this age spend most of our valuable hours being busy, being busy. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or I'll leave you with one more. Everyone thinks of changing the world But no one thinks of changing himself.
0: Yeah, that. Yeah, that's. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that. But that was Tolstoy.
0: (laughs) Tolstoy said
1: that one, and uh, somebody called Norman Cousins said, "The tragedy of life is not death, but what we let die inside us while we live." Oh, sorry, I did say that was the last one. (laughs) There's another coming. I can feel it. I'm sorry. There's two more actually. One is. I'm not anti social, I'm just anti moron. <laughs> oh gosh,
0: I'll have that on a t shirt. That would be great. My husband could have that on a t shirt. Yeah. And
1: uh, this one really struck a chord with me. The first 50 years of our lives are a lot about seeking legitimacy. Yeah. So yeah. there were lots of lovely things. I was taken on a journey, one that felt a little bit bizarre at times ultimately yeah I, I enjoyed it and I, I think I got something out of it I haven't been getting up at 5am and maybe I ought to well, I do feel I've been inspired to make a few changes though and it, maybe it's a book that I go back to and just remind myself of some other positive changes I can make well,
0: well, and, and that's fair enough I think if you go to his website which is robinsharmer.com there are quite a few resources there. He does a blog, he does a podcast, he runs courses and events and etc. But But even just as a read, it's quite interesting. You know, some of the things that he's done, some of the people that he's worked with, he spent a lot of time talking to people who've been successful. And whilst I personally don't really respond terribly well to the kind of layout that that he has adopted, which you see over and over and over again, there will be some nuggets of information that have the power to inspire and motivate or or just get people thinking. So I think it's worth a visit. It's just whether or not it's worth buying the book.
1: Well, it wasn't a big investment for me. I bought it on Kindle. Right. So the, the highlights uh, were, were Kindle highlights. You know, it's not taking up a lot of space in my house. But it, yeah, I, I think it's worth a look. If you're tempted okay. to go potentially go to the four-minute books first yeah and then have a look at his websites but for I think it was about 2 99 I paid for it on Kindle so you know it's not a massive outlay if you're not quite sure.
0: Okay all right so he's obviously a hotshot a man who knows his stuff we're going to talk now about a lady who seems to know her stuff and it actually follows on a little bit from the unleadership conversation we were having at uh, earlier on this is a lady called rosalind brewer who um on the 15th of march this year um is going to become the ceo of walgreens they're the company that own boots the chemist over here um and at that point she will be the only black female ceo of a fortune 500 company She's currently CEO of Starbucks, and was president and CEO of Sam's Club, which is a division of Walmart stores. So based in America, uh, but she's she's taking on this role. And oh my goodness, uh, I I I did some research into her, and the big thing. Uh, just as I was watching her, looking at her career and what she's done and where she's been, and I suddenly thought. The money that is involved with this this role and this experience and this responsibility is immense. She's going to get a twenty five million dollar bonus when she signs the contract to be the new CEO, uh, and that's on top of her one and a half million dollar salary. Um, some of some of the twenty five million will be in stocks, but um, I, it just I don't know why uh, on. This particular story of all, I just thought, oh my gosh,
1: this is
0: massive!
1: It's, it's otherworldly, and this was prompted by a post on LinkedIn as well. So we're going back to LinkedIn, aren't we? Here, mm, um, mm. Indra Nui, who we've already profiled on yeah. the show, um, and, and she was um, she posted about Ros Brewer, and uh, that sort of followed. That link really, and, and I'm I'm really glad I'd not heard of her before, and I'm really glad you highlighted this to me. She was number 48 on Forbes's Power Women list last year, so I feel like we should have known her before now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OK, I'm going to say, well, she's in America, but yeah, she's she's been involved in some big companies that um, we know in the UK. It's yeah. not just the American ones. But yeah. um, her background is is quite humble, isn't it? She went to a technical high school in Detroit and uh, she went on and studied chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. And stu- and
0: worked for Kleenex to start with, I think. Uh, oh, Kimberly Clark. That's it. Kimberly Clark. Um, in that role, and then seemed to, I don't know, just not let go of her degree in chemistry, but just move into other areas of of the sort of healthcare um, business. She, uh, she, interestingly, she they say that when she takes this role, she will join Dame Sharon White, who is the chairman of John Lewis, as one of the few black women leading a large British business. Uh, the stats the um, senior women uh, of color in this country are pretty low, um, and it sounds like she's going to have her work cut out um, managing Boots, which has really struggled during, well, before and during COVID.
1: Yeah, I didn't really know much about Walgreens, but um, the, it was for, um, this business was formed as a merger in 2014 between Walgreens and Alliance Boots, which again I hadn't realized was was based in Switzerland. But they're struggling, aren't they? are struggling are not they they are mm. underperformed and somehow um, she's at the helm as they've got to really turn the business around. So uh, potentially she needs that in, incentive to join the company because there's a lot of work to, yeah. to be done there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I came across um, – well, it was an article, but it also had uh, – her had her speaking to a group of students at a college in the States. And she um talked very much. She, she her name's Rosalind, but she's known as Roz. She was talking to the business school students, and she talked about some of the things that they might want to consider if they're thinking about leadership in their role. And I just wanted to highlight a couple of them based on the conversation we were having about unleadership. So one of the things that she says is do what is right, live and lead with integrity. This is your brand, trust. And the unleadership thing is very much about doing what is right. Bring everyone into the conversation, you know, so lose attachment from these the need for followers. You Bring everybody together. Work with a purpose, serve humanity in some fashion. And bring your whole self to work, share your story with your employees so they get to know you and then be open to and embrace change. Various other things that she shared. But I just thought they really showed a sense of humility. Um, And her delivery style seemed to really reflect that when I was watching this video at this this business school that she was uh, speaking at.
1: And uh, do you remember the story about um, a Starbucks um, manager in Philadelphia who, who called the police on uh, two young black entrepreneurs? It goes back to 2018. It was quite a big story at the time. I mm,
0: mm, vaguely but, remember that, yeah.
1: Well, she was at Starbucks at that time. And in an article I read, it says that she actually jumped on a plane and spent days talking to everyone involved in that incident she was there she went to the store uh, she was instrumental in the company uh, deciding to close all of its stores and train all of its staff to recognize racial bias mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. very good very good what are the other things that that the um the company in in America is is uh, is involved in is the rollout of vaccines as will Boots be I'm sure so you know that's a whole thing that probably around the time that she was agreeing to take on this role she probably didn't even anticipate would be part of would be part of the direction that the business would take as you say somebody we probably should have heard of and hadn't a lot, a lot of people that have passed passed us by I guess so it's it's good to 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 see some of these stories and see how women are taking on such massive roles yeah uh, and 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 holding on to them
1: you know and progressing I think it's yeah I think it's fantastic I think it's brilliant you know what we haven't done for a while and that is end this section with a quote from the person we're profiling oh yes we used to do that a lot didn't we we did it was every show for a while and that I don't know what happened we did we stop looking for quotes? I oh, know we're not bored no. of quotes because we love quotes, yeah. don't we? We love them. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've got one here. Um, and this is where she was talking to um, some students. And she said what they needed to do was stand up, grab the wheel, and take charge. Too often people take responsibility and they do nothing, but not me and not under my watch.
0: Ooh,
1: yeah. Maybe she's somebody
0: that we uh, we should revisit further down the line when uh, when she's settled into her post.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how she turns the business around.
0: Yeah, full order. Well, th- there's only one thing that we need to just remember now, Tracy, and that is that, um, I don't know about you, but I need a cup of
1: coffee. Yeah, I'm parched, Heather. Yeah, could, it's yeah. just...
0: The little coffee thing on on our website, you know, if you happen to be on our website reading our blog or listening again to any
1: of the hundred are we on one hundred and fifty yet we're virtually on one hundred and fifty. Oh gosh, now now you're making me think. Are we one hundred and forty nine, one hundred and fifty? Yeah,
0: we're, we're not. Quite, I think we're nearly at one hundred and fifty. But sometimes you all you need to do is just you know settle in and uh, and listen. And while you're there, there's a little red button if you wanted to buy us a cup of coffee. To help cover the costs of our website and our SoundCloud account, we'd be really grateful. I understand it's really easy
1: to do. Well, it's just a click of a button. Yeah. That's all we've got time for this week on The Business Community.
0: If you've enjoyed listening to this week's podcast, you can find out about all the things that we've talked about over the years at our
1: website, which is thebusiness.community. We do hope you'll join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.